0: To another episode of Bring Your A Game podcast. I am here with Adam, Adam, and myself being Adam, and we are the three Adams of A Game Consultancy. So so quickly. So we'll say that quickly. Adam, Adam, Adam of A Game Consultancy. <laughs> um, but yeah, today we have got a podcast that's going to be primarily based around a question. Question is, boys, what's
1: the question? Are you okay?
0: Are you okay? So this is a question that we always ask, we ask everyone. Oh, how are you doing, mate? You okay? and um, we always get the, the nice response of yeah yeah i'm doing good i'm doing good but today we want to be talking about are you really okay and the the deep down of actually being vulnerable being able to open up to someone and why people don't open up and we want to talk about our experiences with this and um, some of the power of the certain things that we're doing at the minute and um, through clubhouse and other things and then the power of the media and how the media has affected a lot of these things recently as well so um I'll let Mr. Mr. Smith talk about this, but we listened to a story today, didn't we, that triggered the thought about this? And...
1: Yeah, it's um, basically a documentary that was on BBC3 around uh, Roman Kemp and his, his friend that sadly passed away. And I uh, just watched a five-minute video. I've not watched the whole documentary, but the five-minute video essentially summed up um, what the programme was all about. And it was that he committed suicide and no one had any idea that he was struggling and it referred back to when they were at the park together when lockdown was eased a little bit last year. And, um, yeah, it's just truly awful. that All the photos of him smiling, looking really happy, and then a few days later, that's it, game over. So no one had a clue. And I think the, the generic term is when someone asks you this question is, not bad, yeah, sound, I'm that's okay, yeah. yeah, all good. I'm all right. Yeah, when yeah. really... People actually, if you repeat the question back to them, and no, seriously, are you okay? So, everything yeah. all right? Well, that's the typical response you get yeah. when you just repeat the same question back and actually care about the answer. Simon Sinek talks about this all the, all the time in leadership. The sign of a true leader is asking somebody how they are and caring about the answer. Yeah. And okay, when you're in a bar with a few friends, and it's probably not socially acceptable to some people just to go, no, seriously, are you okay? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because some people might break down in front of you. But if you go past them on the street and it's someone that you really do care about, then just ask the question. Because so many times it's just a case of brushing it off by going, yeah, yeah, sound.
0: It, it is caring about the answer, like you're saying. It's like the first time you're asked that question, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's like, no, you're actually okay. It's like I ping off the, the shield, the, the armor that they've got on. That first question just bounces off. Yes, and then you deep really deep. need to get that second question like deep in. Like, no, are you actually okay? Because everybody, we, we, know, we do this with our clients that we know are struggling and we ask them, how oh, are you doing, mate? Good to see you. And they go, yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? It's like, no, you not. Know, we know this. We know yeah. that you're struggling right now. Yeah. But it's just that automatic response, and everyone does it initially. And like you say, it's it's become the norm to be like, yeah, I'm good, thanks, you.
2: not. But would you do that, like, let's say you you go to Nero's. You go get a takeaway coffee, because you can't sit in. You're in the, the queue. There's three people in the queue, obviously, because there's a, the queuing situation at the moment and you saw one of your friends, or I don't know, colleague or something like that, and you said, oh, hi mate, how you doing? And he just went, yeah, not so bad. Would you would you say you no? Know, really? How are you doing? Would no, you, I think it puts it, like... it
1: puts them on it puts the onus on the other person to then become vulnerable and uncomfortable straight away. So it would a hundred percent depend on the relationship that I had with each individual. That person, yeah. With that being said, oh. I'd perhaps wait for them to get the coffee and wait outside and follow up the question like, "How mm. is things?" Because mm. it's not about whether it makes me uncomfortable; it's whether it makes the individual uncomfortable who may need to be vulnerable in that moment. Because if you're around like a, you know. For example, in football, if you're in the changing room, hey, I mate, mean, how's it going? Yeah, sound. You're not going to go, no, I'm not all right, actually, because you fear that the circle is going to judge you. The same way that in Cafe Nero, you would be fearful the people in the line are going to judge you. Awesome. And why would you put yourself out there like that, when you, especially when you're socially distanced? So, no, I think it's more just by even messaging. You can't get the audio, fair enough. But if you to start texting someone to be like, how's it going, mate? And they'd be like, yeah, sound. Be like, no, no, seriously, how are you? they are going to be much more comfortable with answering one-on-one like that so mm. now I wouldn't necessarily do it in a public environment that's enclosed but if I was out on the street and I was talking to them I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eyelid of asking how they really are if it's someone that you know, was that sort of close to me yeah, would, it wasn't yeah. just like an acquaintance or whatever because that is the thing that's socially acceptable isn't it? just to go, yeah, cool mate, how are you? because you might not have time you don't have time to stop in the street and talk to everybody because life mm. gets in the way but when it's someone that you really care about that you've not spoken to in a while, it takes five minutes to actually do the message and follow up and that could then lead to a conversation. And that one conversation might just save a life and that is that is the truth of it.
0: Yeah, and this is what we were gonna, gonna touch on the the power of of your circle and how like society perceives people to be in your social situation. So example being like if I was feeling um if I was feeling down, I was feeling depressed, the last thing that I probably want to do is open up to my friendship group about that because maybe they might not... You may get the one person who is actually very, very open about it and like really wants to talk to you, but chances are some people, if you said it in like a group chat or something, you'd get ridiculed for, mm, for being fear, vulnerable fear and being, being open. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, We always say one of the biggest weights you'll lose is the weight of other people's opinions, but. It's hard when that's when people, you don't care about people. So if someone completely irrelevant to your life comes in and shares some crap to you, that you only care about the people that you care about the person. Mm-hmm. They, they only care about the person's opinion that you actually care about the person. And this is where we've seen in the power of Clubhouse and the power of stepping outside of your circle to do this. And with the space that we create around mental health matters is the fact that we're trying to help people come to a safe, non-judgmental space where people don't know anybody to share, like, the girl that came in yesterday. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The thing is, though, the, the, the difficult thing for me is, with this, though, is not everyone is well-equipped to deal with this situation. So, as, you know, the old saying, if you judge your fish by its ability to climb a tree, it's always going to be referred to as an idiot, right? So you can't judge its intelligence levels off that. So if you have that friend that you go out with and get smashed with or you go to the gym with or you do whatever with, right, they might not have the capabilities or the emotional understanding of how to help you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, you, if you've got the sort of vulnerability level up to a point where you feel like now you can express your emotion and you're approaching a friend that isn't necessarily equipped to deal with this, straight away you're just going to go, shouldn't have done that, I've made a mistake. as opposed to reaching out to the friend who is more skilled in that area because we all have those kind of friends that are just the best sort of mates going on a night out with, the best mates going on an adventure with, the best mates to talk about your relationship or your emotions with. So it's it's understanding the role they play in your life, not in an awful way. I know that I'll play a role in some people's lives without even realising it. Mm. But again, don't just use that friend and just think they don't care about me because they might not know how to handle the situation. So go to someone external is what I would suggest where possible. I think that like we, we
0: touched, on, touched on this before, is that when you're telling something, especially if you're feeling down and you're feeling depressed and you're opening up to someone, whether that's family or friends, you need to remember that you're giving them a lot of information to digest and to react to, and you might not like that person's response. And mm. I think it is so important that you think in your head when you are telling somebody, it's like, this is a lot of information and I, I've got to understand that they're processing it as well.
2: Because
0: yeah. what you'll mm. commonly find is that people go on defense mode. And if, like, say if you started to tell a parent or something about you feeling depressed, they might go, oh no, you're not depressed. You're just having a little bit of downtime. It's like, I don't need you to tell me anything. I don't need you to fix anything. I need you to be there to listen to me. Yeah. And they yeah. don't understand that. And they will, they will talk about that. And that's where the opening up to people outside of your circle who are more, who have got more training and more awareness about this. It's like, if you ever are gonna open up to anyone, especially someone close to you family wise that might not know about this, I would say expect them to be defensive and not to give you the response that you want because that's just how they're processing it and they're reacting. Doesn't mean that they don't love you, doesn't mean that they're not there to support you and help you. Just means they don't know how to process it as well as what you want them to process it.
1: Yeah. It might yeah. not be like yeah emotionally removed from the situation as well because this is your parents. So they love you more than anything in the world. So obviously we don't have kids, but I would imagine that when we do, if you fast forward 20 years from now and they're telling you about their biggest insecurities and vulnerabilities, that is not going to be easy to hear. So it's very important when you are approaching people that the emotion can be removed because then it's coming from a place of non-judgment and also that they're, like you said, they're trying to protect themselves from this scenario. Like denial is just so much easier. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine, you're fine because they don't want to think the association will be, I've done a bad job and that I'm not here now and I'm the protector of my child and now they're feeling vulnerable and now they're feeling down. Mm. So that's why I believe it is because they just it's not that they don't care, it's because they care too much <laughs> and because they care so much that they're just doing what they can to put up their barriers and their defence mechanism of, of knowing how to handle it because I would imagine it's probably one of the hardest things to hear in the world that your child's suffering in any way, shape or form. Mm. Yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that... Um... It all leads back to this, this vulnerability thing. And it's one thing that we always say all the time is that we like to turn our mess into a message. And every time we tell our story or our stories, it comes from a place of being vulnerable and being open to tell the story. But I think the power of someone being vulnerable can help someone else be vulnerable as well. Mm -hmm. And what was that definition that you wrote down for vulnerability? I did do a bit of research,
2: didn't I? Yeah. the birth vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, and empathy. I think it was a bit more, but that's what I got. I think that
0: that that just sums it up in a sense. There of, it's the birthplace. It's the starting point of, yeah. of joy, of of empathy, of of everything that we we want to help people with. You need to get comfortable being uncomfortable in being vulnerable, because even if you're not being vulnerable right now like you say it it, that could be the thing that's holding you back from being joyful and having a good life and being able to create empathy for other people and whatnot so if you open up and you can be vulnerable and you share that with someone else then that might help them be vulnerable and then this is a a chain of potentially helping more and more people as as time goes as time goes on and i think with certain things that have been happening around the world recently and especially in the news uh, with mental health and and stuff that vulnerability and people showing their vulnerable side yeah is is massive
2: well, that's what we've seen in, you know in, in clubhouse where we've shown our vulnerability so many times and the moderators that we have on stage and the guests that we pull up but there's been those guests like recently that have come up and they've actually said i've been listening i've been listening into your room every day for the last three weeks and now I'm ready to talk, mm-hmm. and then they, you know, r- they I don't going to go into details, better, right? but yeah. they feel better. Yeah. So it's that, like what you just said, it has that ripple effect, you know, and I remember, like, when, they, when they've come up on stage, and I think, oh, yeah, they've been right at the bottom listening in, and they've been there just listening, and then they think something's resonated, now I'm ready to, to say something and get the help.
1: If you read out, read that out again. The, the definition of vulnerability. It's not the definition. Well, sorry, the, I just, <laughs> I just
2: did that. It was just, it was just an article, and someone had said that the, the vulnerability is the birthplace of love, mm-hmm. belonging, joy, courage, empathy. Okay, so
1: just imagine most males, especially in a sporting environment, reading that out in a changing room right now. Right? Yeah, laughter. Of course yeah. you would. You'd be ridiculed to beyond belief yeah. because you'd just be like, "What are you talking about? You're called a pussy. You're soft." Yeah. Blah, 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 right? Because this is the bullshit and the stigma around it. Now, 75% of suicides are men. And I can't remember what percentage it is, men over 40 and 50 from that generation who would typically be calling people that say things like that soft. And yeah. they're the ones that are killing themselves because they don't know how to get into this vulnerability and they think it's weakness when in actual fact it shows massive strength And yeah. how many lives would have been saved if they were comfortable enough to talk about their emotions instead of suppressing it down so anyone that thinks these topics that we're talking about is showing that you're soft and showing that you just need to man up and toughen up look at the numbers I and mean, obviously we don't know the numbers from last year and the start of this year in terms of suicide because that will oh, yeah, come out for yeah. a bit but if you go back to 2018 2019 and look at the figures they're absolutely horrifying mm. so the fact that people are saying these things around it, like man up, like you're a pussy, blah, 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 is only going to add to the problem, even though they're probably the ones that are suffering the most.
0: Mm. I did, I did uh, this earlier, I talked about this, uh, about the definition of strength. And obviously two definitions, one about physical strength and brawn and power. But the other one is the, um, the, the capacity of an object to withstand great force or pressure. So, I think about, if you think about mental strength and the forces, the external forces and the pressures from society and from your circle and and things like that, it's like showing true strength is being able to stand up and withstand these forces and being able to open up and and be vulnerable and, like I said, go against the forces of what society has given to you is showing true strength rather than just not being able to deal with your own your own inner weakness which is to not be vulnerable and it all leads back
1: to that vulnerability it's being the shepherd not being the sheep because we fear that we're going to be ostracised from our inner circle yeah. once we speak about our vulnerability and if that's the case I'm sorry harsh reality you're just in the wrong circle yeah. they're not bad people I want to reiterate that this isn't an attack on anybody this is just that it's not necessarily right for me and what it is I'm looking to get out of life yeah. because when you touch on the, you know, the actual definition of it it makes complete sense to me Mm. Because you know, when I was in a moment of weakness and felt bad about myself, what did I do? Ridiculed other people to bring them down because it's easier to help you feel better. Correct. Yeah, and that's sort of the biggest problem with it. And
0: I think that you're the saying that we love about. Um, if your circle no longer inspires you, you don't have a circle, you have a cage, it's perfectly fitting right now. One of the many sayings that we have. (laughs) People are realising that now, how many sayings we've actually got.
1: (laughs) But It's true though, because otherwise you feel like you're sort of fighting it always, and you feel like you're just completely stuck, and you'd rather carry on this portrayal of a character that you've created to Mm. be socially accepted, as opposed to the fear of being ostracised from said social groups because we all just want to connect. It's a human need. is connection and love. So, um, And most of the time, people settle for connection because love is too scary. So how can I get the connection through friendship circles? How do I remain part of this circle? I go out every weekend. I get pissed. I take the piss out of people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Even though it might not necessarily be who you really are or who you want to be going forward.
0: And it always comes back to, like, school days and the things that you did when you were younger about Say pushing the kid over in the playground, you get you're either the kid that got pushed, and that makes you really scared about being vulnerable, or you're the the kid who did the pushing, who then you got gratitude and you got thanks from other people by making them laugh and whatnot because you pushed a kid over. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. it works either way, and you're gonna get people that are either either end of the spectrum, like the forced to suppress, or the forced to not want to change because they're playing up to this persona that they've lived in in that circle. And everyone that we talk to
1: all the time what is the main thing that you did? I changed my circle, I changed my environment. Yeah, yeah. because it comes down to the emotional anchors, which are, like you said, if, if you associate causing somebody else pain and your earliest memory of doing this is joy because people laughed at it, you're gonna carry on this behavior until you actually address it and understand why you did that in that moment and what it actually meant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of our clients, his um, emotional anchor, around pain was just to bottle it up because when he was eight years old and he lost his father, everyone was just like, Oh, well, it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. No one hugged him. No one asked him how he felt. No one made him feel loved. Mm -hmm. So his association with pain is, well, I'm not going to talk about it because when I was crying and no one cuddled me and no one told me everything was going to be all right, asked me questions. It's just easier not to do anything because then the pain doubles because you're already experiencing the loss and now you're experiencing the lack of connection. So his whole life, he's just bottled up his emotions because he's always punished for, you know, his, his mind is being punished for being strong. Yeah. So his wife is always getting on at him, like, you never talk, you never talk, you never talk. Well, this is why. So people can think it's a load of hoo-ha, all they want, but it is always goes back to the earliest memories or yeah. experiences that happened throughout the course of your life. But yeah. most beliefs, most core beliefs are instilled from a very young age through the environment that you've just referred to. It's the environment,
2: isn't it? The i refer to it as a program we've just we've been programmed a certain way um and yeah well there's a saying that's that saying isn't it you are the product of your environments previous environments your current environment what you absorb it's so important the type of stuff yeah that you read or if someone else has shared something on your news feed like and it's not quite right and Mm. that's sitting in the back of your mind and you you are a product of that of who you hang around with what you're absorbing it's also important it's so to gain
1: inner peace through empathy as to why the environment was like that way as opposed to looking back and saying, oh, my dad never this or my uncle never that mm. or you know, the kids at school this and the kids, the kids at school that as opposed to going, why did they do that? Probably because that's the way that they were taught and the way they were taught and the way they were taught. Yeah. So a lot of the male clients that I've dealt with over the last year or so, just because their dad hasn't sort of beaten them is like an upgrade from what they received because that's what their dads say to them. So their dads will say, it's all right for you. I used to get hit with a belt. So instead, I'm going to hurt you with my words. And the scars from the belt, they heal, right? Yeah. The verbal ones never do. But that dad's the way he was loved was you know through the dad hitting him with a belt because any attention was better than no attention. So instead of doing that, the, the upgrade, air quote, is I'm going to just verbally abuse you instead and I'm going to neglect you and I'm going to ridicule you, and I'm going to make you feel less than, but at least I didn't hit you with the belt. Yeah, this yeah. is so common with that generation, but I create empathy around it. Again, I was never, never, ever even close to experiencing that as a kid, um, but I still would help people create empathy around it, should I say, as to why that was perhaps done to them. Well, you did it
0: with me, and we talked about it in one the, of the last podcasts about when we were working together on it, My the guy who bullied me, you're creating empathy around what his home situation was like and stuff and like why do you think he wanted to be like that and it's like it's it's putting yourself in their shoes about the potential pain that they were feeling at the time as well and yes it doesn't make what they did right but you can create empathy about why they did it and at the end of the day if you create that empathy and you can do that regularly it starts to become more more into your natural your day-to-day life so like the other day i was crossing a road um traffic lights were, were on red, green man were there, or crossing the road, and a kid with no helmet on, with someone on the back, cut me and my girlfriend up, and then turned around and gave me the finger. And I would like, first my initial response, it could have been, fucking fuck you, you stupid idiot kind of thing, or what I did do was like, oh, I feel sorry for you.
1: Well, yeah, you took that pause. Yeah, yeah you took, took a breath. And took the on. pause,
0: and I was just like, I, I feel so sorry for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. well we did it even yesterday, when we were in Sainsbury's, you know, the first thought in my yeah. head is, Jesus Christ, this staff member's miserable. But it might be that, that, by the way, this is your last shift before you get released due to COVID. Yeah. It might be that your mum's dying and you can't go see her. It might mm-hmm. be, it could be anything. It could be your kid's getting bullied at school. You just never know. never know what's going on. No, okay, they might just be miserable. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine as well. But when you go back to these moments, dealing with your past isn't peaceful, but it will help bring you some form of peace. Yeah hundred percent it will because then again it's all this suppressed emotion it's just like here and it feels like really tight in your chest then once you get rid of it you just feel so free Hmm. and people talk all the time about oh i just changed as a person you didn't change you've never changed it's that now you just feel confident enough and fulfilled enough within yourself to actually live the life that you're supposed to live yeah and when you can suppress all these emotions some people are like wear it like a badge of honor You know, they talk about it like, oh, I'm the king of that. I'm the king of not talking about my emotions. And it's like, awesome. There's no actual prize, unfortunately. (laughs) At the end of this, it's just more misery and more frustration and more lack of understanding as to why
2: you do what you do. With the, obviously, we talk about strength. What, to both of you, what does that mean to you? What does being strong or having strength mean to you? I don't know. it used to mean like physically I don't go to
1: the gym to be strong or whatever in that sense yeah okay it helps with performance and what have you but I just like the feeling it gives me I like feeling alive when I'm in that environment and it used to mean that in my head because that's the that's the facade that I had but yet, yeah, being strong to me now is 100% living in my vulnerability of my story and the fact that I was suicidal and the fact that you know I felt like I've self-sabotaged for so many years because I didn't deserve happiness. I didn't deserve happiness because I felt like I was a bad person. I felt like I was a bad person because I was ridiculing other people because I was seeking validation from my inner circle. Mm. Yeah, wow. I yeah, see. right. So. <laughs> <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what it was. And again, it's not that saying that these people are bad people. It's just that things change and they'll never necessarily understand it until they can step away from it and see what it is because I've had loads of different circles over the years mm-hmm. that you dip in and out of and football through socializing from Harrogate from Leeds from the bar scene from the gym from whatever and again they're not they're not no one's like a bad person it's just that and and I've got some great relationships with people I've known for many many years but there's also some people that I would hide this vulnerability from in the fear of being ridiculed yeah, yeah. so really the, I mean, the, the, the the strength now is understanding my weaknesses being completely open and honest about them, being vulnerable enough to tell my story. I share my suicide story now, like I'm telling a story about them going to the shop. But when I first told it, I was an absolute mess because I didn't even know who to speak to or how to approach yeah. it yeah. because I was embarrassed. So I think for me now, strength is within the fact that I can just be vulnerable and I don't really care if people like it or not. That's the difference. Whereas before I'd be like, how's this going to be perceived? What's you know Joe Bloggs from school going to think of my story? You know, that's what stops most people Yeah, is actually sharing how they truly feel because they're just like, ah, fucking hell, Smithy's a pussy or whatever yeah. from, like, years ago. Yeah. That's the, that's why most people don't share it because they're just pure fear of judgment. So yeah. now that's the strength for me is that understanding there's going to be judgment but not really you yeah. know caring as much yeah. about yeah, people people are relevant. I think what
0: the two ways that I would describe that is basically what you've said, but it is strength is equaled by... Um, vulnerability times resilience.
2: I was gonna say the resilience word. That's and where I think comes in now. I
0: think that being vulnerable shows massive strength, and being resilient around uh, just around like life, getting back up again, yeah. that shows massive strength as well. So yeah. I'm calling it now. Strength is the equal to resilience times vulnerability.
2: I but, like that. I love it. Right, because Before I forget. That <laughs> impended <didn't laughs> <in laughs> my head. I'm that before I, no, right, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write that down. was it then.
0: Strength is equal to vulnerability times resilience.
2: Ability times resilience. Yeah, no, I like that. You see, that's where, for me, strength is. It, well, yeah, It It's resilience, it's how quickly I can bounce back and recover from whatever is, if you're gonna go with mental strength, whatever is rocking my inner peace, is how quick I can bounce back. And mm. that's what it's about for me.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, or pain, it doesn't matter about mental pain, physical pain. Um, and for me, over the years, it's, I've, I've been able to do that through meditation and, and my long distance endurance running, through endurance, because endurance is it's so powerful. But that's how they were, me, that's what's worked for me, to build that resilience up It's through meditation and putting myself in on purpose because I wanted to be there in races, in ultra, running ultra marathons, putting myself purposely in that situation okay. and enduring, it's called endurance for reading, it's enduring the pain and that is what it's about um, and it helps to really just help to build that resilience. That,
0: that might not be... Mental, mental vulnerability though, but you're putting yourself in a physically vulnerable place there exactly. because you're going out of your comfort zone, you're getting comfortable being uncomfortable, as we said before. Yeah. So even though it's slightly different, it's still vulnerability times resilience there.
2: You're right, actually, yeah, it is, isn't it?
0: Because you're, it might not be mental vulnerability of what we've been talking about, about sharing stories, but asking your body to do something that you're not sure that it can actually do
2: Yeah.
0: is putting your body in a vulnerable place.
2: Yeah. But, so, uh, but also it's not that's just one angle of it because obviously I, you know I share my story most days and you know it's, it's on the internet you can google it whatever I'm not google it but look at it on YouTube it's all there so yeah there's that as well so, so I know it, it's having it, the strength of me is, is that yeah it, it's sharing my story to help others and I remember when you mentioned about when you first said it your story that's what I was like I was like Ugh. and the first time I told my story the next day it went on the internet, it was uploaded to YouTube. I was like, oh no, what's people going to think? But straight away I went back to the meditation, I went back to that, back to the breath and remember what I learned and I just thought, now I don't care. I don't care what people think. It's there, you know, it's there to help other people. That's exactly I'm, at, it. I'm at peace with it. I'm at peace with my past and I can use that to help people going forward. I think. And that, that for me is strength as well. Yeah, because that's exactly bit, it. Yes, I think
0: it. it's, you're saying it's that vulnerability of telling your story would potentially create the vulnerability of someone else being able to talk about theirs. Yeah. So not to share theirs, not to turn theirs into a message, but to talk about theirs. Because we always, the problem shared is the problem halved. And yeah. it couldn't be more true about, so, oh my God, I feel like yeah. a weight has just been taken off my back. Yeah. And that is, that is so true in itself. And I kind of want to bring this into the whole... Um, the Princess Meghan Markle and um, her story um, that she's been telling at the minute and I think if we relate it back to Caroline Flack's story last year she committed suicide and there was like this this movement about helping people with their mental health and talking about it and saying that it's it's such a silent battle this, all this kind of thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is fine but the media ridiculed her for a long time and Meghan Markle come over, open up and talked about her story, and then also you're getting ridiculed about talking about it. I mean, there's obviously it's 50/50. There's some people that go in, like attention seeking, and which is a whole can of worms that I'm fucking throw in the river. <laughs> but, <laughs> and um, obviously the side of it of people showing massive support. But for someone of her position to be that vulnerable to open up about it on national TV is amazing. Massive strength. Absolutely. And then there's people like Piers Morgan and everyone that's going like shut up, you're just doing it for attention.
1: Yeah, there's no like when the you know, similar to the Sarah Everett thing, oh but this, oh but that, can't you just accept that this is really shit? Yeah. That her dying was a travesty, regardless yeah. of how it happened yeah. and why it happened. Like someone's yeah. lost their life. So take your, you know, opinions just to one side that an innocent woman has lost a life, right? Yeah. Now with Meghan Markle No matter what your opinion is, this is just a person. Remove her title, remove the fact of anything of influence. Blah blah blah. She's a person, and she's just said, "I felt suicidal." Yeah. Now, for Piers Morgan to say, "No, you're not," is ludicrous. The same way that I could, you know, me saying about Piers Morgan shouldn't say that is just as ludicrous because it's freedom of speech. Mm. So it's a very difficult thing. Now, with that being said, do I think that his is he using his platform for the right thing? No, absolutely not, because he's got a lot of diehard fans. And again, we're not going to go down the politics route here, but he's got a lot of people that hang off his every word. And if he's using his platform to say, I don't believe you were suicidal, that is not helpful. No. No. Judge the, the person on you know whatever you want, but she's just said how she feels. And you know, some people are like, Oh, you just butt hurt peers because she cut you out of your life, cut you out of her life and all this stuff but regardless it's either gonna you know at at worst um, she's raised awareness around mental health at best she's saved god knows how many people that look up to her and and inspired them to talk
0: yeah exactly like you said at worst absolute worst she's brought mental health back to the 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 remit at absolute worst if she was lying which I am pretty much 100% certain that she wasn't
2: however the backslash that she's got from it yeah people would would be now might not come out and talk about it yeah because they'd be worried it was like a, you know being exactly
0: but then you flip it the other way and she she was feeling suicidal she'd opened up about it potentially helped some other people feel vulnerable enough like we say to, to open up about their story she's not just potentially saved other people's life she saved her own life by sharing that yeah
2: she probably felt,
0: and definitely I'm sure the more. the royal family don't need another princess dying no. <laughs> in in We've like this out. with our
2: clients, you know, how better do you feel now? You might just feel 1% to 2% better, but you're like, yeah.
1: You can hear the whole change of yeah. people's whole physiology. Change. The the woman that was on Clubhouse yesterday, she was basically saying that she feels suicidal because her husband is addicted to alcohol, uh, she's Iranian, and uh, the, the woman can't divorce the Iranian man, I believe is what she was saying yesterday. It has to come from him. And obviously he doesn't want to do that. Because, again, in his culture, you just don't get divorced. It's like a sign of weakness, etc., etc. Again, this is what she was saying to us. So I don't know if any of that's true, but this is what she was saying. So um, she then said, it's causing me to be depressed and feel suicidal because I'm with someone that's just not right for me, especially that it's killing me, that I do love him, and he's killing himself through addiction to alcohol and drugs. And she was an absolute mess yesterday talking about this, understandably. And we didn't judge her we didn't try to give her solutions we just listened today she came back on and she literally sounded like a different person. person and awesome. now she's full of solutions of her own because she's now got all this dead weight off her back and she's just gone right this mm. is it now i've got it off my chest i feel loads better here's how i'm going to progress and move forward what a powerful thing what a powerful thing and yeah. this has happened with loads of people it happened the other week with the guy who was in the car that said he felt suicidal and we just listened to him and just gave him a few you know techniques on how to calm himself down and focus on his breathing mm. and then now again sounds like a different man yeah. full of hope full of promise mm. and
2: that it, it,
0: in a sense like it makes us sound really really good that we help people like yeah. that but the fact is we did nothing no, we, no, sat we, we, this this we sat and listened we sat and listened to him
2: special i any superpowers no. that's
0: exactly it and it's the power of like we say asking the question are you really okay yeah because as soon as someone can open up to you about it, their problem is going to be lifted from their shoulder. So that slight little bit, that 1% to 2%, and then they can stop focusing on what's going on in their head
1: and start focusing on what can they do to fix it and feel better. Because what's the saying? If you're in your head, you're dead. There you go. That's the thing. So it's not about we're so great. It's just that we're giving someone a safe platform without judgment because, and again, we're so purpose-driven as men. If we're going to our male friends... They're going to try to give us all these solutions on how to feel better. Oh, mate, you just need to do that. It'll be fine. And then again, you suppress oh, it. Fucking fix. You just listen. Just listen, mate. <laughs> Ask questions. Have a beer, mate. How's, yeah, yeah, so how's that making you feel? Like, you yeah. know, seriously, like, how does that make you feel talking about this now? It makes me feel really uncomfortable, but I do feel a little bit better. Okay, so why do you feel uncomfortable talking about it? well because it's not the natural thing to do and you know if you just keep asking little questions and prompts or just wait for them to speak and just sit Mm. there it's going to help more people than you ever realized. Mm. because give them information that might not resonate with them and they associate that with the success they might not want to meditate they might hate doing long runs they might hate doing getting up at 5am and you just told them that's the way that you fixed it they look up to you straight away you've got a problem as opposed to focusing on what could actually help them which is usually just talking about it
0: yeah very, very very powerful it is it is very strong there we go vulnerability times resilience equals, equals strength,
2: strength. <laughs> done let's do a post about that let's, let's get, get that po- up yeah that's going to be everywhere yeah. now let's got <laughs> to Google actually I mean, you, can you just come up with that on the Richard? spot yeah yeah just oh, come up with it man, we're talking about it. like
1: that but seriously like anyone that is listening right now stare down into the face of the camera anyone that is struggling right now we are here we will just be- listen to you we'll help support you in any way that we can you're not alone. You never were. And we just want to make sure that you're not suffering in silence. So if you are struggling, please just message us or reach out and we will be here to give you the right support that you need. And that's
0: it. No, no, 100%. If there is anyone that you think could be struggling right now as well, potentially send them this podcast or send them over to our page because that, that's the best the best way that we can potentially help people is get the word out about this. People like want to grow numbers for vanity reasons. We don't care about that. It's just getting the message out to help as many people as we possibly can. So um, we will wrap up the podcast episode here. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed or at least felt um, like felt like a weight has potentially been lifted, or maybe give you the encouragement to talk about your issues as well. Um, If you are listening on YouTube, then please subscribe. If you are listening on any of the podcasting platforms, a follow and a review would be greatly appreciated. And yeah, we'll end and wrap up the podcast there. See you later, guys. Take care. Thank you.